so I'd like you to look at verse 12. It says, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Verse 13 says, Neither is there any creation that is not manifest in his sight, or to be made known in his sight. But all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And I want to focus on three words in verse 12. The first word is powerful. The second word is sharper. And the third word is discerner. So I want to focus on how God's word is powerful, how it is sharp, and how it is discerning. You see, in the days of Moses, God gave, God gave his word to Moses first, and he continued giving his word to other Hebrew people and then the Jews and then even the Christians, the Gentiles. And his word served a triple purpose so that we can know God, whether it be the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit. It also serves that we can manifest ourselves through God's word. It's a mirror for us to see who we are and what we've done in our own sin. And it's also so that we can know as Christians how to live the Christian life. A lot of God's word, especially the New Testament, is telling us how we ought to live the Christian life. All of the questions that we have in our lives can all be relative to the Bible. We can always go to God's word to see what we ought to do. We can always pray to God to see what we ought to do. You see, we're all God's creation. If you go buy a watch at Fossil and you have an issue with the watch, some, it stops ticking for some reason and you don't know why, you're not going to go to somebody who doesn't work on watches. You're going to go back to Fossil and say, hey, this watch is not working because they're the ones who made that watch. Just as we should go to God if we're thinking something's wrong and I don't understand what. Something is going on in my life and it needs to be fixed, whether it's my own sin problem or the circumstances around me. But in this verse, we see three things specifically. The word of God is powerful, the word of God is sharp, and the word of God is discerning. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day, and thank you for the blessings that you've given us today, and I thank you for this word that you've given me to preach. I pray that you would uh, bless me and help me to have the words to say. Lord, I pray that you would just use me as a vocal piece for your word. In Christ's name I pray, amen. So firstly, God's word is powerful. So if you could take, well, A.W. Tozer said this, if you could take God's voice, his spoken word, and put it in a little bottle, which, of course, we know that God's voice is infinitely powerful, and if you could put it in a little bottle, that would be like God's written word, which is right here in front of us. It's still infinitely powerful, because even if you put infinity inside a bottle, it's still going to be infinity. But it's like a tiny piece that we have of God's spoken word. But we see God's spoken word, God's written word, and we also see God's living word, which is Christ. And these are the three words of God that he references. But a little bit about the power of God's word. It's the only book in the entire world 
that can change a person. No other book in the world can change a person. It may persuade you. A book may convince you that you may do something or may not do something. It may help you understand a little bit about yourself, but it's not going to reflect yourself the way that God's word is going to reflect yourself. It's not going to change you the way that God's word will change you. It won't convince you to do more than God's word is going to convince you to do. God's word is more powerful than any book on this planet. You can read all of the inspirational guides that you can. You can read whatever you want to. It's not going to do as much as God's word is going to do to any any piece whatsoever. God's word is more powerful than us. If it can change us, then it has to be more powerful than us. It's God's word. It it came from his voice, and it was written down on pages so that we could read it, so that we could understand who he is, so that we could understand who we are, and so we could live a better life for Christ. So it, it not only reflects our own sin and who we are, but it also gave us the gospel. Everything in the New Testament points to Christ, points back to Christ, and everything in the Old Testament points forward to Christ. You can see that even in the sacrificial lamb written about in Leviticus and how they were supposed to sacrifice it. There's minor details that you can also see in the gospel records of how they crucified Christ and how they uh, uh, tortured him and buried him and even how he ascended to heaven. But God's word is powerful also because the rest of the word perfects the Christian. If you'll go to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, a familiar passage, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man may be that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So it gives us a, this passage gives us a list of things that the Scripture is good for, specifically for the man of God, the Christian. But we first see that it is inspired by God. That means that God is the one that it came from. It literally means God breathed inspired. So all scripture, it doesn't say part of scripture, it doesn't say half of scripture or most of scripture, it says all scripture from beginning to end is given by inspiration of God. It's all directly from God. You never have to doubt of whether this Bible is from God or if it's not. But it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. So that's the first one. So we can understand doctrine. We can understand how or what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to believe with doctrine. For reproof, so that we can see who we are. That's the reflection, the mirror, to see what we've done wrong. For correction, so it goes even further, not only so you can see what you've done wrong, but how you can fix it. And for instruction and righteousness. So then further than that, how you can live a godly Christian lifestyle. And it's also that you can be perfected 
so that you can be more like Christ. That's what God's word is for, to show us how we can be more like Christ. And it's the only book that shows us how we can be more like Christ. And that's how it's powerful. Secondly, we see the word sharper. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. Do any of you know of a sword that can divide a soul and spirit of a person? I don't. But God's word can. You see, God's word cuts through everything that you are, not just physically, but it cuts through you spiritually. It cuts through the invisible things that we cannot see. I cannot reach into another person and draw out his or her soul or spirit. I can't even reach inside myself and draw out my own soul or spirit. But God's word can cut straight through the heart of the matter. God's word can go straight into you and dig into the deep parts that not even you can understand. Because it comes from God. So it's sharp. And it cuts into you. If you'll allow it to. As long as we're not hard hearted. And I want to give you this example. Whenever you work on something in your own life. Whether it be physical or even mental or emotional you always have to work from the outside in if you take the example of a sport um, maybe a difficult sport like MMA is considered a sport I guess they have to train not only their bodies but their minds because it is a very mentally tasking sport but when they've trained their body and their mind they have to always do physical things to get to the place that they are mentally prepared for that sport. Even in other sports, as, such as soccer or baseball, if they have to have the right mindset, they first have to work from the outside in. They can't start from the inside out. But God's word can start from the inside and work its way out so that you, from the most inner depths of your heart and your mind, are perfected, and then your actions will portray the perfection that is within you. We can't do that as people. I cannot do that to myself. I, without God's word, I cannot reach into myself and fix the things that are wrong in my heart and in my mind, and then it will be shown on the outside. Another example could be behavior. We all have behavior. We all display behavior a certain way. We may try to fix the behavior on the outside, but we can't really go into our own hearts and fix it on the inside so that our behavior gets fixed on the outside. It's more like we're trimming the roses on the outside of the bush, and eventually, maybe, after a really long time, we might get to the root by ourselves. But God's word takes it straight from the root and uproots the whole bush in one fell swoop. That's the kind of sharpness that God's word has. It divides the soul and the spirit. It reaches straight into the depths of the inner being and changes you from the inside out. There's nothing sharper. It's also specific. God's word is specific because it deals with every single thing that you could possibly deal with in your life. 
as a younger person, I, uh, I often come in contact with a lot of people, especially in this generation, that say that they're depressed. And a lot of them think, well, the Bible doesn't deal with depression. I've read Ecclesiastes, and I'd say that they're wrong. I think the Bible does deal with depression. There's depression all over the scriptures. I would say that even Elijah, after running away, was depressed. He thought he was the only Christian, or not Christian, the only believer of God who was truly speaking God's word. But then God had to humble him and say, no, you're not. Now go take a nap, (laughs) and you'll be better when you wake up. And sure enough, he was, but... God does deal with the things in our lives, the small things. God's eye is on the sparrow, so I know he watches me. You don't have to worry about the small things in your life that you think God may not understand. Even in this book, Hebrews, God tells us that we have a high priest that understands our infirmities. We have Jesus Christ who has been on this earth and he understands the temptations and the struggles of life. And Jesus Christ is, of course, God. So we don't have to worry about God not understanding what is going on in our lives. He's been there. He understands. And he can comfort you if you'll let him. And he also corrects his people. How many times have you been in a church service? Probably Pastor Weems. I know this has happened to me a lot. And it feels like Pastor Williams is talking directly to you, specifically, about something that may have happened an hour before church started. Something happened at home, and you got in the car, and you were mad, and you came to church, and then you sat in the pew, and Pastor Williams spoke about exactly what just happened that morning. Of course, Pastor Williams doesn't have a camera in your house, so he doesn't know what actually happened that morning, but God uses Pastor Williams, and other pastors and other preachers to speak to your heart about things that are going on in your life right now. Not just things that are happening or that already happened in the past that you may be able to relate to and not just things that are going to happen in the future that you can apply that message to, but things that are happening right now. And he'll correct you. He'll show you what he'll, well, he'll reprove you and correct you and instruct you in righteousness. And he uses pastors, teachers, and even just people, Christians in your life to do that, even circumstances. But we can always go to God's word for all of that. God uses his word to change you specifically. It's not just for me. It's not just for Pastor Weems. God's word is not just for evangelists or missionaries or unsaved people. God's word is specifically for you. He wrote it with you in mind. He wrote it with me in mind. 2 Timothy chapter 3, going back to the same chapter. God's word is discerning. And we see a little bit of this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 9. It says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, 
despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. So Paul said this to Timothy nearly 2,000 years ago. Not quite up to 2,000, but almost 2,000 years ago. And he said that people will wax worse and worse in verse 13. People are going to get worse and worse. This was 2,000 years ago that Paul was saying this. And he was warning Timothy to watch out during his time. People have waxed worse and worse. They are waxing worse and worse. And they're going to continue until the day of Christ. And this is why we're warned so much of what's going to happen. Because we need to watch. We need to look and see and observe and check not only the people around us, but check ourselves as well. And God's word helps us with that. One of the heaviest warnings that I find in the New Testament is of false teachers. It comes up time and a time and a time again. Just three examples in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. I'm just going to read them real fast if you want to write them down or if you want to follow along. It says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And Jude verse 4 says, For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But the word of God gives us the ability to discern these things. And it doesn't just give us the ability. We can go to it and see what is right and wrong and discern what is right and wrong even if somebody's telling us a, a lie even if somebody is doing what Jude 4 says and turning the grace of our Lord into lasciviousness One, but the word of God remains the same especially if you use the authorized King James but the word discerns our own hearts so it's not just for other people but it's also for us specifically and I think that that's really what this verse is talking about our actions can be sinful, but so can our thoughts and our intents. So we can do things that are sinful, of course, if we lie or we steal or we cheat somebody or things like that. We see those. So it's obvious to us. It's not a secret to us. But the things that are within our hearts and minds can often be something that we can cover up within ourselves. We can lie to ourselves about well, that's not that bad because I didn't actually say it. How many times have I done that? 
well, that joke's not that bad because I didn't say it. Well, it's not that bad that I thought about stealing it because I didn't actually steal it. I just thought about it. But that does not justify it. You see, the, the three examples of sins that were given is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. If I'm reading that correctly, no three of those are anything physical. All three of them are something that is within ourselves. And of course, that affects what we do physically. But all three of those is talking about something that's within ourselves. We have to discern ourselves. We have to let the Bible discern us to reprove, rebuke, and to correct us and instruct us in righteousness. But to do that, we have to open our own hearts to what God's word says. It's difficult to discern our own selves by ourselves without the word of God because you're biased towards yourself. You're always going to be. It's your natural state as a human. You're always going to be biased towards yourself. You, you want to be a good person. So you'll put on the shader goggles and ignore the things that you're thinking and the things that are in your heart. I'm guilty of it too. But the word discerns our thoughts and our intents for us. So we should go to his word to discern our own hearts. Because out of the heart is the issue of life, are the issues of life. So I want to leave you with two thoughts. First of all, don't demean the power of God's word with words, actions, or neglect. We ought to be studying God's word to find out who he is, to find out who we are, and to find out how we can live a better Christian life, how we can live better for Christ. And the more we neglect God's word, the more we put God's word aside, we're demeaning God's word. We're saying that that's not important enough. That's not for me. I don't need it right now. Even if we're sitting in church and we think, well, this message isn't for me. This message is for somebody else. And I'm thinking of them right now. I've done that. I'm guilty. I'm sure we all are. But that's demeaning God's word. Because that's saying that his word in this instance is not applicable to me. It's not applicable to you. And then second of all, while you're studying God's word, allow it to cut through you and divide your soul and your spirit and to really change you from the inside out. Don't be hard-hearted. And don't be foolish enough to think that you can do it by yourself. Because you can't. The more you try, the worse you'll fail. But God's word can truly change you directly from the inside out with no fail as long as you stick with it, as long as you trust in God and believe that his word is true. But allow it to cut through you. Don't be hard-hearted. Be soft. Be soft to what God's word says. Don't read across something and think, well, I don't agree with that. Because you're not going to agree with some of it until you fix your own heart and you you align your own heart with what God says. Uh, the, the verse says that you should take your own beam and put it against the word of God. The word of God's always going to be straight. We're always going to be crooked, but if we'll lean into God's word and align our own will and our own thoughts and our own desires with his word and what God wants us to do, then we'll be straightened out. And that'll be the same for everybody around us. 
as people come and they align their own beams, if you will, their own will to what God's word says, we'll all be straight, we'll all be the same, and we can get along with each other. So again, I thank you for this opportunity to preach, and I pray that you all would take this word and this message and you'll apply it to your lives. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day again, and thank you for this opportunity. And I pray that you would use this message in the lives of each and every one of us, including myself. Help us to be soft-hearted to your word. Help us to use your word, read it, and study it. And not just throw it to the side thinking that it's not something that we need at the moment. Help us to apply your word to us and use it as a measuring stick for our own lives. And I pray that if anybody is not saved here today, that they would settle that in their hearts and um, trust you as their savior. And I pray for the teen group and the college and career group. I pray that they would also be receiving your word. And I pray that something would be done for you, Lord. And I pray all of these things in Christ's name. Amen.